Hey, it's Liz Kelly. Here's what Ringer content you should be looking out for before the end of the week. From the star of Slow News Day, check out Kevin Clark's new video series, Worst Picks of the Week, where he offers up the worst NFL and pop culture bets each week. This will be up every Thursday throughout the NFL season, and you can watch on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Also up on the site, we have two pieces on The Good Place, and Juliet Lippman is writing about the 20-year anniversary of Felicity. Check it out on TheRinger.com. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lunt. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. This is your WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I am your slightly under the weather host, David Shoemaker, here as always with a man who's never been more over the weather. The King of Sad Style, Dan St. Germain, straight from the comedy cellar. How you doing, man? Oh, sitting in the sun, taking in that breeze, feeling great, David. Never felt better in my whole life. We're going to talk about how Braun Strowman uh, may be a catastrophically bad choice for lead heel or... Or it, it, maybe he should have just been a babyface all along. We're going to talk about the raw ratings. We're going to talk about Braun Strowman's role. Um, we're going to open up uh, with something that's been happening a lot on Twitter and message boards and and text messages I'm getting all night, uh, which is a discussion of Brie Bella concussing, TKOing uh, Liv Morgan in the middle of a match. But before we get to that big opening thing, well, we want to talk about how this is the most late September episode yeah. of a podcast, which, I mean, it coincides with wrestling. Late S- September is always the worst time to be a wrestling fan. And we were going through the topics this week, and we're like, well, what is there There's really to, to talk, talk about? about? And somehow we don't have a pay-per-view. We have like 18 pay-per-views. No, we in. don't even have anything to predict. I take back everything I've said, WWE. Give us a pay-per-view every weekend. <laughs> Give me something to talk about on this show. Um, all right, so we had a match on Monday night. Very spectacular match. It was Natalia and the Bellas against the Riot Squad, wherein Remote, amidst a flurry of yes kicks, uh, kicked Liv Tyler. I mean, sorry, Liv Tyler. Liv Morgan straight in, Liv the, Tyler. Straight in the face. Knocked her out. Might have kicked her again afterwards. And then certainly after she was seen to be knocked out, she like rolled her over to take the pin. Live, I guess, gamely, if you want to use that term, kicked out sort of and pushed her way back to the corner. Then we, then the most bizarre part maybe is that uh, after she was like clearly knocked out and, and suffering on the apron, came back in to take a triple suplex spot. And then only at that point did they realize that she was really hurt, I guess. And then throughout the match, I guess this was just for like the Hulu edit or like for future replays. But Michael Cole was spending the rest of the match saying that Liv was getting attendant uh, the medical attention in the back, but she was <laughs> clearly just right on the side of the ring. <laughs> which I that was that was the most bizarre thing because it's like if you, I mean I know this is wrestling. I know it's, all, it's it's really fake news, man. 
It's um, yeah. She went from live to Steven Tyler and one to kick. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about who's to blame. I think that like it's. I think that it doesn't matter if you botched a, a you know, suicide dive uh, last week. It doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you accidentally kick somebody in the head this week. Although you know, I guess eventually you can make that case. Um, and then there was also a weird thing in the match where she was like, where like Sarah Logan monkey flipped her into Ruby Riot, and it looked like Ruby was supposed to forearm her, and then Brie got hit her with the forearm. And I think yeah. at that at that point it was just like she just heard. I mean, you can easily imagine Logan just saying monkey flip into forearm, and you know everybody mis everybody interpreting that differently. So I don't know if right. that. And, and then also it seems I mean Brie just might have been you know a little bit shaken up herself. Um, it's I think it's really easy to be a to to be you know. An internet, uh, an internet Sherlock Holmes, and, yeah, try to, and try to like you know Zapruder film this whole thing. I think that you, the criticism that you offered about Michael Cole and dubbing over the medical facility is fair, uh, but everything else is speculation because you and I have never been in a professional wrestling match yeah. on live TV. Yeah, there, it, there, it's a weird thing because there's a lot of people online who are. First of all, let me just stipulate this: I was on my phone talking to some people who might have other podcasts that you listen to on Tuesday who were fully in defense of Brie Bella, and I was saying, you are absolutely insane if you think this wasn't totally Brie's fault. And even if it wasn't her fault that she was, the fact that she knew, knew either knew that she knocked someone out and tried to roll them over and drag them around the ring or didn't wasn't aware that she had knocked somebody out, both those two things are unforgivable to me. That said... I don't know what I'm talking but about. But there's a difference between fault and malicious intent. No, no, know? no. I, t- I totally agree. And this is this is wrestling. Uh, you know, it's not ballet, as they say. Um, a ballerina who did what uh, Brie did would certainly have been fired. Um, but that's just because you don't beat people up in ballet. Well, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, like like we see with Paige and, and Sasha Banks' injury, like, it's, you know, like, it's in all these situations, it's what's happened after, you know, Sasha felt terrible afterwards and yeah. Paige made a statement like, you know, that I was at, you know, Sasha was essentially at my beck and call. So, you know, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, listen, there are, it's totally legitimate that to say you you can say that somebody's at fault and also not say that they should be fired. Yeah, absolutely. you can say that some I mean, listen, if I if I, you know. If 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 I if I just like. Well, tripped you. over the table right now and like and and knocked you off your chair and knocked you out. That would be my fault, you yeah. know. But yeah, like, well, it, you, but that yeah, doesn't you mean slapped I, me in the face before I got in here. You <laughs> said, "God damn you for being so healthy when I'm fall apart." Um. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, so that I mean, all all, all I wanted to say is that like I kind of think it was Bree. It was on a lot. There was a lot of stuff on Bree that didn't reflect well on her. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that. There, this is some giant catastrophe that that speaks poorly of her in her entire career, and that she should be fired, and everybody should refuse to work with her, and whatever else. I, I think there's people jumping to jumping the right. gun on making assumptions on both sides, which is you know, I'm now fulfilling my contractually obligated position as uh, the mealy mouthed middle of the road in every de- wrestling debate. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's it, certainly some of this is Brie, right? I mean. There are people that have been writing that that the Bellas shouldn't be on Evolution. That them coming back to sort of like take right that's ridiculous. Take obviously. take up take up the mantle of the women's revolution is a joke when it's everything. Whatever, whatever. Uh, I do think that there obviously have you know getting getting back into ring shape is a real thing and everybody knows that and if you know that changes the way that you should conceptualize matches then maybe that's you know that's that's a separate conversation. 
Um, but listen, there's a lot of just general leftover hate for the Bellas and everything they represent. And and certainly, like, nobody was calling for Samoa Joe to get fired, you know, when he end, ended TJ Kidd's right. career. You know, nobody, I mean, that's a, I mean, and who knows, no one, no one saw that video. But there's a lot of people that have, like, hurt other people. Um yeah, these guys are, you know... And, and, that said, Bree also, like, needs Selena Vega in the face, which you should be mad about last, you know, two weeks ago, we right. know, whatever, and that, it, it looked kind of legit. She's, she's, you know... Yeah, she's sloppy in the ring. Maybe maybe that should be a break for that, after that. But, I mean, it's it's also, like, you know, I, I can't imagine the toll on my body. Like, I know that, like, when I'm, you know, on my uh, fifth show of a night, when I've done that, and I really don't do that anymore... Like I'm, I'm fucking up punchlines. You know, like it, it's just one of yeah. those things. Like I can't imagine if I'm like tired and put on the spot, and I have to put somebody else's uh, physical well being in my hands. Like you know, like if, whether or not I would botch something. Um, so it's yeah. I'm uniquely unqualified to <laughs> well, you know, and I think that, that blame on anyone. I think that's situation. really key. We're all sort of unqualified. All the wrestlers that have been on podcasts and radio shows and whatever else seem to be. Saying it's really hard to blame Brie. Maybe I've missed some that have come out against her. Although I guess it's hard to, you know, maybe there's political reasons for that too. But right. we're all unqualified to have this conversation. The funny thing to me is hearing people say, instead of just I'm unqualified, there's a lot of people who aren't just saying like, I know I'm not a wrestler, but this is clearly Brie's fault. But there's a lot of people now who are like all over the message boards who are explaining how wrestling works to other people on message yeah, boards. Yeah, I mean, look, it, that's like saying, I, I know I'm not a scientist, but this is how global warming works. Like, well, if you're not a scientist, shut the fuck up and listen to the scientist. You know, it, it, yeah. it, it's, it, it, you know, our, 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 our uh, you know, the year, uh, 2018 is, uh, is, is, <laughs> If you could give it, if you could qualify it, it's somebody going like, I know I shouldn't be commenting on this and don't know the situation, but, and that's uh, in every single side, you know, of, uh, you know, you, whether or not it's fucking pop culture or politics or sports or whatever. Do you think they should do a, a global warming? And I'm doing it too, I'm do you, sure. Do you think they should have a global warming denialist as a gimmick? Would that, would that be? Who'd be a face? <laughs> would he be a baby face? Of course. That's what the uh, revival's new gimmick should be after after this week. <laughs> Even though they put up a great match, it's like what the fuck, you know? It's, it's unfortunate, but it's like, all right, so you guys are heels that lost to the they, top heel tag oh team. Oh my gosh! What I would, the fuck do you do now? That would be so great. Just have them come out with just like like ninety eight percent of scientists are getting paid off signs. That'd be <laughs> yeah. so, just call them well, they're, they're just the we're, they're call them the rising tides. And well, then, wrestling, it's like now there's no. The rising tides. It's like the new natural natural disasters. <laughs> yeah. The unnatural disaster. The man made disasters. I, you know, wrestling is such a weird thing to do. I think that's why their political gimmicks fall so flat because they they straddle both sides of the fences. And the wrestling demo itself, it's moved from just being like these, like you know, kind of like southern, more right leaning people, even though that you know. To like, okay, there's a large Hispanic population that follows wrestling. There's yeah. a large Southern po- uh, population. There's a large like his- hipster. There's a lot of kids who don't even want to hear. Polit- so it's like that's why wrestling political angles like Obama and Hillary wrestling in the ring always. Everyone's just kind of like confused because everyone's looking around at each other and being like, I don't know what I. I don't know if I really should show my real political opinion during this event. And also, you don't. It's all it messes with your expectations. I always talk about this. Like, who are you supposed to be cheering for in like a comedy match between two people? in costumes I don't I don't really know but anyway definitely do a global warming gimmick and you can send us the check 
Right. Speaking of gimmicks out uh, Fall Flat, you like that segue? I think it was pretty good until you asked me if you liked it. Um, I'm just I'm just filling time. This is the part of the match where I grab the top of my tights and adjust the top of my tights. Just to, I'm just killing time between rest holds right now. Yeah. Yeah, so the raw ratings have been really bad. They've been really bad, and okay, qualifiers, It's football just started. Uh, it is historically a downtime for WWE, but you can't take off you you have to also put some focus on the fact that SummerSlam you know whether you're not you like SummerSlam you put the title on Roman and then you had an awesome Raw afterwards where the Shield came out uh-huh. and I think that people were excited because the Shield kind of came out in, as their heels in their heel roots against that company's top babyface which was Braun Strowman it wasn't Seth Rollins um, and now as I predicted which I've gotten shit for. Uh, Braun Strowman does not have heel heat. He does not have baby face heat. He has no heat. He's starting to come out to big show reactions. Yeah. Uh, because people don't know what to fucking do with him anymore. Yeah. And he surrounded himself with two guys who don't look like they should be with him and are also two of the best workers in the company. Mm. So it's hard to root against them. And people are just fucking confused because... They're now te- teasing a heel turn with Dean Ambrose, and that was done very well, by the yeah. way, on Raw. I thought the buildup was great. You know, I thought that you know them coming back and saying the same thing to Drew McIntyre was great. But it's a story that nobody really wants to see because you know Dean Ambrose is going to be cheered. He's the guy in the group who talks the best. So why don't you make him a face? I know everyone's like, well, Seth's the best in the group, but Ambrose has still been better on the mic yeah. than. Rollins the entire time, so they're these making these choices. Where yes, they told that in an interesting way that story, but it's still it, it's it, it it it's built on shaky ground. Like I I don't know where where you go with this. Like nobody's nobody's gonna boo these three guys the way that Vince wants them to boo them. I mean it, it's and and nobody you mean has, Drew and Dolphin. Yeah, and it's like it. the same shit happened with the Shield. Man, they got back together, and like everyone predicted, every time Seth grabs the mic, they cheer. Every time Dean grabs the mic, they cheer, and every time Roman does, they fucking boo. Yeah. So what? What are you guys holding on to? You could you could have just made them that tweener heel. You could have been doing what you were doing with Becky Lynch now, and you would have had vastly different results and gone back to the kind of horseman versus Dusty thing, which is what you should have been doing with Braun. But you know, again, it's like I hate to be negative on this podcast, and I always get shit for being negative on it. And let me tell you something, man. Being a second man. It's very different than being the third man on this podcast. Third man gets all the love, second man gets all the heat. But yeah, uh, tell me, know. tell me how this has worked. Tell me how this has worked. No, it's bad. I mean, I, I, I was, uh, I'm a little bit, I was a little bit, uh, you know, on the fence about it myself, only because I didn't think, I don't think I ever fully brought into, bought into Braun as the top baby face. And I'm, I'm not saying he can't be one, or that he maybe even shouldn't be one right now. I, I, I just sort of liked. If I were booking, if I just had a roster of talent and, you know, a wrestling and, you know, Billy Corgan bought me a wrestling company, uh, I would probably book Braun as a as a heel or at least as a ambivalent monster. Uh, but I like but I but I do agree that that this is not working. And what they're doing now is that they I mean, I think that you can't sacrifice what makes a character work for the sake of getting heat. Right. I mean, it's one thing to change Nakamura's music, although I I don't I think you could probably argue against that too. Um I don't know that faces and heels are really that meaningful anymore. And and all that Braun Strowman does now is like 
stand at the top of the ramp and smile. You know, yeah, like I don't not, like he's not like if you want to put him with two other guys so that you can book a three on three match for the super showdown, that's fine. Uh, and I and I then you're but you're right. They don't really look like they match. And like the Braun Strowman that we know and, and you can even and you tell this even if you tell the story well enough. Not saying they did that like he was so frustrated by what happened in his title match that he had to even the odds. He had to turn to the dark side. He had to whatever. Even if that were the case, even if you, you buy into all that stuff, what has made Braun Strowman stop flipping giant shit over? Like, why is he not, why is he, why does Braun Strowman no longer believe that he could beat up the shield by himself? Because that's the Braun Strowman that we had, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, and people use this argument all the time. They're like, well, yeah, but Roman gets, you know, uh, cheered in Wyoming or Albuquerque. But that doesn't mean shit. The biggest markets are still Chicago, New York, L.A. Well, I saw Roman get cheered in L.A. It's just whether or not the cameras are on. Um, but no, but I mean, but I mean, I saw him get cheered in L.A. because people desperately wanted Brock's title off him. Yeah, uh, you know, the house shows would tell a different story. But I, I, you know, and and I don't. I think you're right, though. I don't know why. The, I don't know why. It's like they had this great opportunity by reuniting the Shield. I don't know why they had to fuck with, you know, mess around with. With Strowman, to, and they're not even coming out in Shield uniforms. They're again, it's like the Super Showdown. You're seeing that they're dressed as they are as single stars. So it, it's like they're they're pivoting back to where they were in November. They wear both outfits, don't they? Don't they just kind of like do? They arbitrarily they're like hosting an award forth, show. But they the, just, the reason everybody was excited on Raw when they first came out and helped Roman after his match against Balor was that they were in the old Shield. Yeah, uniforms. of course. It wasn't. You know, and now you see Super Showdown, so, and Seth Rollins is dressed in a single. They're not dressed as a unit; they're dressed as three individuals. I don't disagree with any of this, really. But he, so here's the question, though: Does the shitty, do the shitty raw, are the shitty raw ratings? This brings us back around. The fact that the raw ratings are bad, can you directly trace that to the fact that Braun Strowman shouldn't be a heel? I think it's part of it. I I I I, I hate using directly trace because there's never one cause of everything. It's no, I mean, accumulation. Listen, there've been things. a million times over the years and, that I've been on these podcasts saying like, well, you can't. It's not a one to one. You can't. You can't. No, assume it's not one to one. Fall is historically a downtime. This the time between SummerSlam and Survivor Series, or even SummerSlam, you know, to Royal Rumble is historically a downtime ratings wise. Football always fucks with WWE, uh, but do I think that? This booking has had something to do with it. Yeah, I think that that's also a contributing factor. Yeah, I, I think, think that's something they can't control. They can't you, control the other two. When things. you see numbers like this, yeah, it does feel like, I mean, there's got to be some sort of connection, right? I mean, I was always sort of a ratings nihilist, and then, you know, you look at like over the years, the like the like the breakdowns of like you know when Randy Orton was the champion, how the, the numbers just go just plummet. You know, right. I mean, they, like there's there's some things that like they bear out over time. I do also think though that if you look at this episode of Raw. Which hour one got two point four nine million, mm-hmm. two was two point two seven, and three was two point two eight. They opened up the show with goddamn Baron Corbin, who I think is his existence is more of a buzzkill than anything they're doing with Braun Strowman or the Shield. Yeah, and then he booked himself into the main event with two mystery opponents that were clearly not any of the top five, top six guys in the company. No, and I mean you kind of knew it was going to be Authors of Pain, and I was excited about that. But, you know, it's, it's, it is funny. Like, you know, you right. would always talk about the Randy Orton test. When you see him in the ring, you're kind of like, well, these guys are great, but uh, they're, you know, they're, they're much bigger in an NXT ring. <laughs> uh, 
Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I've been saying that for the past me. few weeks, but they actually look bigger next to the shield than they had That's up true. to that point. That's true. It is true. And that, you know, they look good. When Re, when Rezar, Rezar, I can't even say anybody's name when it's spelled, when it's weird. Um, he was, when he was staring down right. uh, Roman, he looked great. I was like, this could be a future. Although I don't like him growing the hair out. Uh, this is my, my like really piddly uh, wrestler style conversation man. of the That's week. It's a very Larry David argument. Oh, because he was, uh, you think I'm yeah, attached because yeah, he, he was bald? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, now he just looks like a really muscly, like a really brawny, like he's got like a model haircut now. It's very strange. He looks like the dude who plays the Punisher. Oh, yeah. Well, that guy's Except great. Plus th- 250 pounds of like steak. Um, <laughs> the But, but, uh, so I, anyway, I didn't mind that showdown. But here's the thing you're right. The authors of the pain were. The obvious choice. They were also probably the right choice. Yeah. Uh, so why not just have them sneak attack the shield in that opening segment and not have it be like you? You here, we've been through that. We go through this over and over again in pro wrestling. You can't say we have a big surprise for you coming up and then have the surprise be anything below the Mendoza. I don't know what the Mendoza line of wrestling. It's like the Rey Mysterio line. You can't. I thought you were about to say the Menendez brothers. Yeah. That would have been an interesting. That would be a great tag team. Mystery tag team. Um, <laughs> That's what they should do with the Authors of Pain. Just put them in like bad 80s sweaters and yeah. give one of them a toupee and just have them just be like, we killed our parents. I would, I would love that gimmick. But you can't, there's no reason to hold something out as a surprise if it's less exciting than Rey Mysterio making a comeback. I mean, I think that they were just, I mean, I think that the ratings last week, they're like, well, we can't just say Barron's in the main event. We've got to make it like something is going to happen. But, it, it, you know, again, it took off their, it took kind of their heel heat away when you have, you know, your three top heels sitting on chairs at the entrance ramp. It, it kind of takes the luster away from them. I don't know how much that helps. Um, but, I, you know, I'm being nitpicky. I, I also think it's like, you know, Stephanie's great um, in the sense that, like, you know, she gets natural heel heat. But she comes out. They do that limo segment. They're just trying to do too much. Like, that. The you know, the Hyundai thing was great. I'm glad they're doing it. I think that has a place. You know, like to show all the altruistic and charitable work they're doing as a company in the middle of it. But why do you not have Big Show do it? You know, you went from like this badass heel with Stephanie, and then she becomes the goodwill ambassador, and then at the end it becomes a promo of the Undertaker. Like their their role on that show. Like, why not just have Big Show take their role in the middle of the ring? I'm I'm all for, you know, like uh like hey, we're we're trying to fight, you know, childhood illness in the middle of it. But it's just it's just very bizarre. Because like you know, and I, and people have complained about this before, where you know the the day I I, th- I think they've been doing as good of a job as they can promoting three shows, yeah, or three you know three uh, as many angles, but to have Stephanie then be the monster heel, then Goodwill Ambassador, and then it transforms to Triple H as a formidable opponent from the Undertaker, you're like, uh, c- c- can you give one of those duties away? Like, you know, whatever. I'm that not is. sure why it for a company that exists. Uh, so largely on their over-the-top platform uh, for a company that has, you know, yeah. that, that relies on their website and their YouTube channel to, like, fill in the gaps in their storytelling. Like, why why does this stuff even need to be on Raw? I'm fine with it being on Raw because, you know, the NFL does similar shit. The N- yeah, but the NBA NFL does... has downtime that they literally can't fill with product. So does WWE. Well, that's, that's their own programming uh, Yeah, but that's WWE. And I think, you know, I think it's great. You know, it's great to have a segment like that in the middle of it. I'm, I'm all for it. I just think that, you know, you may not want, like, the most hated woman in wrestling or hated, uh, he, you know, heel 
you know, uh, authority figure in wrestling to be doing it in the middle of it. It's just a bizarre, like, it takes you out of the show. Like, just have somebody else do it. Have Mick Foley do it. Have, I don't disagree with you. You know, have, have fucking Trish Stratus do it. I, I, I don't know. Some, somebody from the past that everyone's like super excited to see that's, you know, kind of universally liked. Have Jack Tunney do it. Um, I think Jack Tunney's dead. <laughs> I miss Jack Tunney, though. He was great. Uh, yeah, he died in 2004. The great thing about Jack Tunney was that, like, it was unclear if he was, like, ever on WWE payroll. Even, like, once you figured out that wrestling was <laughs> fake, you're like, is this just, like, like a janitor that they just bring <laughs> in in a suit? You know, as a kid, you had no idea. There was just some guy yeah, in a came cutaway. in to fair, fix the air conditioning, and McMahon's like, you've got a great look. Yeah, exactly. I put you in a tie. do that. Um, but yeah, I think that it's it's a down part of the year to bring this whole thing around, and it's yeah. uh, and and they've made some they've made some tough choices, man. I don't I don't I don't I just think it's I think it's really weird. I think it's I think it's to to, to bring the shield back, but then half ass it and 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 squander what you had going with Strowman as part of that. The whole thing is very strange, and then to go from. Braun is like has all the heels at his beck and call to I don't know this very kind of sequestered sort of storyline I like I always want the main storyline to matter to everything else and that was what was so great about the shield in their prime or at, yeah. at their debut is that they could appear at any time they were like unmoored by by storyline you know like there there was no like oh well you know the shield aren't feuding with these people so they can't appear in the segment no they were just popping up and beating people up like that was what was great right right and and uh, it just feels like it's all just, it's a little bit too cookie cutter. Yep. No, oh, whatever. At least the Super Showdown's coming up next Saturday, and uh, we'll have some exciting... What time does that come on in the U.S.? Is that going to be one of those things where it's like 9 a.m., and I'm going to have to wake up early for it? Um, it put- is uh, October 6th, which is... I feel like Jim put this in here, and I'm just like totally ignoring it. Let me put David Shoemaker over for a second. Uh, I've always been the guy who kind of pops up on the show, does a couple jokes, and I've never done like a real co-hosting thing. I, I, you know, I recapped on my co- podcast for a little bit, but having to watch this much wrestling every week, <laughs> I do think disqualifies you from some opinions because we have to watch it every week, and there's just so much of it that you kind of lose track of oh, yeah. what's happening because you're like did this happen two weeks ago did it happen this week i don't know it, it it's all you know it, you know if if it was monday night, if it was like two hours of wrestling a week there would in a lot of ways if there was two hours of wrestling every week there'd be a lot more to talk about because a lot of it would just be like yeah, you could actually have segments in the going. show and jim would be happy for a change if i did <laughs> it looks like uh the australia show 6 p.m australia 4 a.m eastern Jesus. Really? Like they couldn't figure that out. It's on a Saturday. <laughs> like they can't do it. At like, well, I guess you wouldn't want to do it any earlier. So what are we going to do? Are we going to stay up all night to watch it at four? Or are we going to go to bed early? Slumber party. <laughs> I mean, like for going, you, it's 1 a.m. That's not that bad. Yeah, 1 a.m. is like, fine. It's like going fishing. Yeah, this is it. This is our fi- fishing expedition. The waters. Being of, really disappointed. The Great by Barrier the end. Reef. Um, well, I guess we just sat here for a while and talked. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> and we will continue to talk. 
a couple of things. You know, one thing I wanted to say about I know we 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 left this far behind. I wanted to say one more thing about Brie Bella or the Brie Bella Liv Morgan situation. Regard and I meant to say this earlier, so I apologize. Regardless, let's I don't care who's at fault. The the big point that I mean, I think the point that's really salient is like WWE needs to have I thought about this actually because you were talking about Steph being a you know, and Triple H being these like public facing execs and also characters. I feel like we as wrestling fans should know what the protocol is if a wrestler gets knocked out in the inner match. And that like once it's once it's clear, I don't care if if no one figured it out in real time, forget what I said before. If not, if, if you can't if it happens in real time, you're not going to get everything right. At some point someone sitting backstage is just like reviewing film and we're like, "Oh, Liv Tyler got I mean Liv Morgan, sorry, got legit knocked out in that match." So let's mm-hmm. go put her on a stretcher and, t- and pa- go to commercial and get her to the back. Right? Yeah, I, I don't I think th- it matters that she didn't, I mean getting med- medical attention at ringside, you're making light of that earlier, but like I, I just feel like we should know the answer to this. Well, I think they should know the answer to yeah, it. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, and I think that I I'm I, I'm hoping that after this, they, uh, you know, there's a tradition in wrestling is, you know, you work hurt, you know, and I don't think that's ever going to, now it's, it yeah, but there's a tradition, like you, there's, I mean, injured, you know, referees putting on doctor's gloves is a new tradition in wrestling whenever somebody bleeds, you know, I mean, I think it's okay to be like, sure, I'm just sorry, saying, guys, we got to go to the, get to this point, but oh, I, I no, no, I totally, yeah, I know, I mean, I, th- I think there's a lot of reasons why we got here, and the, it's the same reasons why, like, you know, bad people get CTE in football, at some point you just got to, like, Push pause and reevaluate the whole system, or, or you just cut or to wrestling. one of their, you know, one of their many uh, promos they filmed earlier in the day. You cut to, you know, the Chad Gable Bobby Roode promo, yeah. you know, to amp it up. There's a million different ways you can fix this. Or if you actually, or you you should just have, you should just have the shield at all times ready, just to storm <laughs> the ring and power bomb <laughs> they everybody. Beat her up worse. Yeah, no, it's just the other people <laughs> in the ring. <laughs> That was the real benefits, like the old, like the the NWO when it was just in its worst phase, it was like its worst period. At least you could just have them walk out of the back and cut promos for 45 minutes and then yeah. move someone else's match. Oh, I get some news. I saw this, uh, I saw this fantastic bit online that Kevin Dunn has reportedly cashed out over $10 million of WWE stock in Is the past few months. working there? Yeah. But he's just, ca- he's just cashing I, out. I can't imagine still working there after getting $10 million with the amount of stress I hear it it is to work there. How the fuck do you still work anywhere after you have $10 million? What would be... Okay, you 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 hate your life and your career, <laughs> but what would be the amount of money that you would accept I don't. for you were never allowed to do comedy in any form ever again? $5 million? And then you, you're just like... All right. Like I mean, you, I can't write comedy. I can't do anything. You can't write. You can't get on stage. You can't and accept fi- a TV five, show. Five million dollars after taxes. I'll throw in a hundred on that. <laughs> um, man, you could get a go- if you get me to five million, I'll quit every public forum. Yeah, let's get this I mean, done, uh, humanoids. There's, the there's thing, other things I want to do with my life. Everybody in the world has their number, right? We've all had this conversation, and for for you know, I mean, for a lot of people, it's probably. One million, two million dollars after taxes, like that's the amount of money. Not not just to quit what they're doing, but you've had the conversation about like how much just to like would be the right amount to walk away. You know, just move to Mexico, yeah. do whatever. And that number gets lower and lower the the older you get. Oh, mine because... gets higher and higher. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like, oh yeah, I gotta like pay for shit. This isn't just me on a beach. Now it's well, like me and a family. Num- what's your number? I think five five's probably about right. Five's about right. But 
because you can live off that off the interest. I mean, you, yeah, you, you pay for your kids' college. It's totally fine. That's so sad though. It's like five million dollars. You could live off that. Like that's how well, bad there's a thing where like this is getting into real sad territory. But Anthony Bourdain's like left her left his daughter like one point six million dollars or something when he yeah. died, and I was just like, wow, that's no money at all. You know, of course, right. it's tons of money. It's tons but, like, of money. But uh, I think that every I think the number goes up only because no one wants no one actually wants to walk away. Right. I mean, if you had to sign if you had to sign a contract to do it. I mean, it's almost like Ric Flair agreeing to have a retirement match before he's ready. Like, clearly there is a number that if you would ask Kevin Dunn five years ago what his walkaway number was, he would have said $5 million or less. Right. But well, that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that now he wants to quit his job, you know, just because he's got $10 million. Well, I think bank. it's a question of what, whether or not you'd want to do something outside of your job. You know, like, I mean, I wouldn't stop working. I would just do go into a different field. Yeah. Give back to the, to the, to the neighborhood. Yeah. To the culture. We're at Boys and Girls Club. The uh, Yeah, a lot of people are, though, theorizing this means he's leaving the company or something, although I don't really know that that's true. I think it probably means that he's smart enough to realize that stock WWE stock is, like, ridiculously high right now. Not that right. it's not that it's going to come crashing down or anything, because, you know, that we haven't even gotten into yeah, the new that's era of Fox TV. In the era yeah. of our country. I'm not, I'm not trying to affect WWE stock value, valuations right now. All I'm saying is, for a stock that was, like, nowhere near where it is now it's trading at like 90 it was much much lower than that you know there have been many times where i almost bought like some wwe stock for fun dollars yeah 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 16 dollars. now it's at 90 like it's a good time to cash out you know uh Absolutely. for all the people who were like thinking like bitcoin is going to go forever you know it doesn't nothing goes forever so you know take your 10 million dollars this is your walk away money and what number do you walk away do you cash out in your stock well when you can cash out 10 million dollars that's a good number I think you can go over than that, but maybe Kevin's got some bills that I don't know about. Well, I don't want to assume anything about Kevin Dunn, although I have heard a lot of rumors about his gambling. I'm just kidding. No. None of that's true. Um, his helicopter collection. Yeah, his helicopter collection is out of control. Pretty cool. For all the stuff he's been through, no matter what you have to say about the guy, $10 million would be nice. Wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Jim, is there anything else we need to talk about this week? What else did I say I wanted to talk about? Chris Lee knows best. No, we're not talking about Chris Lee <laughs> knows got, best. We haven't covered SmackDown yet. Oh, we haven't even talked about the shows. We'll run through really quick. I mean, we kind of talked about Raw already. We talked about everything on Raw except for uh, Bobby Lashley. We we talked a little bit about that, that, that last week. The, the Lashley Elias KO. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, good stuff. All um, right, so let's talk about SmackDown because there's some cool stuff that happened this week. Truth TV began and ended. Um, it was pretty fun. Daniel Bryan and The Miz really hate each other. Yeah, Truth TV, which... So we get... There's a lot of good... There's a lot of like actual heat. I mean, not actual heat. There's a lot of like feuds that are actually compelling. Miz and Daniel Bryan. Aiden English with some wild I, accusations I, about Lana. Yeah. I do wish, just to go backtrack a little bit, I do wish they made R-Truth a little less stupid. It's, it's getting a little bit too cartoonish, but um, other than that, I have no complaints about the segment. I will say, yeah, the Aiden English, uh, what do they say, Minneapolis, right? Milwaukee. Milwaukee, sorry. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee, which is Algonquin for the good land. I was not aware of that. Um, That something happened in Milwaukee. Obviously, everybody thinks that she cheated on Rusev. And then it becomes who did she cheat on Rusev with? I'm glad that they're going forward with it and actually giving... Giving Aiden English the mic and letting him. I mean, I didn't hear the Shawn Michaels thing, and I know everybody. People tweeted that he sounds exactly like Shawn Michaels. I just didn't hear it. Really? 
Some people agree with me. He does sound a lot like Sean. I, I mean, I guess I'm I'm wrong, but I just didn't hear it. Well, there's sometimes when he talks that he doesn't, but sometimes it's, it's just right there. It's right anyway. But Aiden English and, and Rusev have the, and Lana have this hot little gimmick going. Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan for same thing. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair are hate each other so much they're having fights at photo I shoots. Lo- I love that, which you and I were debating before we got on the podcast. Well, I just don't think Becky right. needs to be the sort of heel that shows. I I, I agree with what you said though. I, I was my my point was that Becky doesn't. I like I'm I'm in on the heel turn, but I don't know that she needs to be the heel, the kind of heel that just shows up and beats people up because she doesn't like them. Yeah, I I, I loved it. But I, you said. That's what Steve Austin would have done. And I said, you know what? You're probably right. They're probably actually just rerunning, you know, a year of Stone Cold Steve Austin's career in like three months here in this Becky Lynch angle. And we're going to all realize this when someone releases like a video mashup in two months or something. But yeah, she kind of reminds me of like Brad Pitt's character and Snatch, you know, go on. Well, just like this, you know, like, uh, you know, crazy Irish wild card. Yeah, no, it's good. About to burn the house down. Why in that movie? I mean, that era of Brad Pitt was up. just fantastic. And then in the main event angle, we got Samoa Joe doing a home invasion of AJ Styles. Which, my favorite thing, if you want to pick my hope spot segment of the week, it was <laughs> it was Samoa Joe turning to AJ's mailbox and it's saying Styles. Oh I just my God, what that a was, moment. That was my favorite moment of wrestling this week. Um, <laughs> say I clearly had just been pasted on by some PA, uh, it, that was great. That was great. My, I had problems with the segment. I'm not sure why I couldn't just say I, Jones. Like I don't. Does anyone actually believe that Styles is a last name? Styles is like the guy I, from I don't think Teen people, Wolf. But. <laughs> I don't think they know enough of, uh, about AJ. I mean, you know, I don't think they know his real last name. It's not like Paul Avesque, you know. And um, also, it's like that was it was a little bit of an unnecessary turn because like AJ presumably could have identified his own house. Without seeing a mailbox, but at what? But it was an incredible moment. Maybe it was all worthwhile. Um, inc- great. The 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 only way it felt really real. Like even though that was silly, the whole the rest of it felt very real. And maybe I'm just a huge Samoa Joe Mark, but I but that it all felt very like frighteningly real to me. Yeah, um, I mean that's my problem with it. It felt too Attitude Era, which unfortunately they only had to amp up the stakes. And this is where I'm going to go dance St. Germain, what he would have done as a booker. Instead of ring the doorbell and goes to black, because then in your head you're going, is he going to assault her? Like, what's going to happen? All he had to do was ring the doorbell, gimmick that front door mirror. He he busts it out with his elbow and then throws the teddy bear inside and then walks off. You know, and then that's enough where it's like, hey, I'm willing to invade your home. But to have the black out and being like, I don't know, I just thought it went a little bit too far. Um but that that's kind of how I would have done it because there's a there's a thing about home invasion angles where they're really fun, but they're just it, it, it's like the Brian Pillman problem, right? Where it's like, yes, it's a crazy wild moment to watch in wrestling, but it, it's it, it, you have to sp- suspend too much of your disbelief for it. Um, although I did, you know, I'm talking no, about totally two sides true. of my mouth because I loved it when the Undertaker showed up to Stephanie's house, but that's because he was the satanic character, right? And that was part of the Attitude Era. And that yeah, one of the kind of overlooked me. things about the Brian Pillman thing is like he was like it was shocking that he pulled the gun, but like without the gun, that would have been a kind of silly angle, right? I mean, there was a lot of build up. They were taking it really seriously and everything, but like 
you just broke into somebody's house. Like, what? Like, someone, I mean, somebody just broke into your house. Like, what are you going to do? And so funny because when they do wildest home invasions on WWE, like top 10, um, they, they exclude the gun part. And I guess rightfully so. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was my favorite. Also, my second favorite part of that segment is AJ. Like, he becomes so Southern when he goes, Come on, man. Don't do it, man. Yeah. Come on. Come on, bro. Like, it just sounded like a oh, character. Yeah. It, it sounded like someone getting arrested on cops. Yeah, and and listen again at the expense of being overly literal about this shit. It, I feel like Paige could have done. Paige is great, by the way. I feel like I've really enjoyed her uh, past I, she's, several weeks. She mugs a little too much for but, me, but but I feel like she could have done something in that moment. It's just like, hey, Joe, if you go any closer, you're fired. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good way to stop it. I mean, she was out there in the ring. It's not like it was. She would have had to like interject herself into a scene she wasn't a part of. Anyway. Um, I, mean, I just think like she's uh, my my one complaint about Paige, and I, I've always liked Paige, is that like sometimes she tries to do things too funny and sarcastic when she's just announcing a stipulation of the yeah, match. I, I mean that's always been part of her character, but yeah, I mean not character, part of her presentation. Right, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I I I'm always I've always been a fan of home invasions. Not just in wrestling, in real life too. But yeah, when you used to rob people as a young man. Yeah, yeah. I've had some stuff stolen out of my own home. That was I was I got a kick out of it. I partied in this one house in Atlanta that got robbed three times. What? Yeah, it got robbed three times. While you were partying in it? Yeah, yeah. No, not while I was partying with it. I was just there for the weekend. But it was like this Atlanta house, and like the you know the third time, I'm like you guys should probably move. Yeah. Well, I've heard Atlanta's nice now. I'm not going to do any of my, like, I hate Atlanta shtick. Um, but, yeah, I thought that that was really good. I thought that, I, I mean, I think it's pretty impressive how much, how invested I am in, like like I said, those four, at least four of the storylines on SmackDown. And that doesn't even include, like, a handful of my favorite wrestlers on that show. So, And we're talking about Rusev, uh, Becky Lynch, AJ Styles, and what's the fourth one? Ms. Bryan. Ms. Bryan. Which has not been like up to its own bar, but like yeah, know. I mean they're you know they're they're kind of you know it's unfortunate because you want that to be you know it almost were it, you know it's like the reveal is never going to be as good as the mystery and I, I was I was totally down with how they're presenting it, but I feel like the mixed tag match kind of took a little bit of the heat off it. Yeah, I know I totally agree with that. Um, it's it's like okay, it's for instance like if Triple H and CM Punk ever actually fought in WWE, like it wouldn't be as cool as uh, them like taking either direct jabs at each other in CM Punk's case or indirect jabs and you know or direct jabs in in the McMahon Stephanie McMahon Triple H direction you know from them. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like if you actually saw that feud on wrestling, it wouldn't be as good because you would be, um, packaging something that the reason it was so hot in the first place is that it wasn't packaged. It was real. Does that make any sense? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what that angle is suffering from that, you know, the talking smack of them having that moment where Miz dropped his own yeah. pipe bomb, like that felt real. And now that it's an angle, it feels less real. I know. I, I, t- I mean, it is, it is less real. Yeah, that's sort of what makes it so great. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they set the bar. Speaking of the bar, I really enjoyed the bar this week. Um, they're not going to be my Love hope spot. Bar. Not going to be my hope spot of the week. But like, my hope spot's the mailbox. Wh- already, wasn't so. the wasn't the the what? I mean, isn't Sheamus supposed to retire at some point? 
I thought he had really uh, like a bad neck injury. That's what yeah, I yeah. That's what I did too. But he's out there like working Big E when that could have just been Cesaro, and they and they and he's just like he's just putting together a string of these like pretty damn good matches, man. He's he's very good. I like Sheamus. Always been an unapologetic Sheamus fan. Well, sometimes I apologize. That's sort of the point of qualifying it. Um, my hope spot of the week. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, was the revival, the revival versus Ziggler McIntyre match? This is a very good match. It was a really good match. The revival did more for me in that match than they. And more for it. I mean, if you've never, if you don't watch NXT, that was the first time that you've seen the revival be better than a C, yeah, C plus, whatever. That was a fucking great match. They look like they belong in there. You put them in the ring with, like, we joke around about it, but like, you put them in the ring with Drew McIntyre, and they should look. They shouldn't work because they're half his size, and they just like they worked their asses off. There was like every. It was it was like pay per view style bumping and shit. Like it was, they had all these sequences worked out. I mean, they're great wrestlers. My my only thing is, you know, heel versus heel is is always. I mean, are yeah, they I don't heel care. now? It doesn't matter. That well, you, I mean, I mean, you don't care about that. But that was my only bump up against the match. No, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was. I I mean, I think that they're really good. And there were there were rumors afterwards that that. Uh, that Vince was a big fan of the match. Who knows? If the, I think I think that was Melter. Someone reported that, which is great. Um, if that's true, you put know, him on SmackDown. Then good for them. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm pulling them up on Wikipedia right now. Dash Wilder has this like old ass photo on Wikipedia. Scott Dawson had that great power bomb sequence. Like there were a whole bunch of like he, there was a whole bunch of just sequences. You know, it was a it was a match that actually had. That had actually been designed, uh, it felt like, and that well, was great wrestlers. Everybody in that ring is a great wrestler. I am not the biggest revival fan in the world, but when you can have, when you can take a match where the storyline is legitimately that, like this storyline has passed us by, like that, the entire premise of the match was, oh yeah, you just gave these guys the belts and forgot that we had a gimmick. I mean, that we had, that we were working on a storyline about the tag belts. Uh, and you know they're not going to win. Yeah. And you know that there's not a real... I mean, and, and there's not a particular place for them in the storyline regardless. To go out there with, like, such a handicap and to have such a good match that gets those two guys over, I, I mean, mean, that's just incredibly hopeful. And Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was the... Look, as far as a heel versus heel match, it was great. I guess they're a tweener. I, I don't know. I, you know, my, my only problem with it is... You know where do they go from here? Um, but maybe they put on such a great show that that'll be forgotten, and they'll still be in the picture, or they'll have like some sort of like underground, you know, like hey, we're really good wrestlers, so we just we belong the strap, but we deserve the strap. But that really, I mean, that doesn't happen a lot. It happened with Daniel Bryan, but most of the time it's like the underdog or the or like clearly this is the better tag team, right? I mean, it's. It's it's hard to find that like hey we're just really good workers, you know I think that's like why why Cesaro has never been brought up to the main card or when he has it's been, you know ephemeral. Speaking of ephemeral, this show has to end. We got to get it out does of here. Have to end. You got to run out the I, door. I wanted to and say listen, donate to Connor's Cure because you know 
It is a great thing what they're doing. Uh, people can't tell, but we both have gimmick commerce, commerce cure swag on right now. It's a right, and it, and, it, and, it, and you know, and, and the, the, you know, as a company, it's it's awesome that they're doing that. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to say that because I, I didn't want to like shit on the segment, you know. Yeah. Did you did you uh, want to promote anything before we get out of here? Oh well, my album No Real Winners here is still on uh, the internet <laughs> and available. Um, if you could buy the album, that'd be great. If not, stream it. Um, also, uh, I have another wrestling podcast, uh, Total F and Marks. We're going to be, uh, I mean, I'm interviewing Colt Cabana and uh, the Blue Meanie right after this. So it's going to be kind of a wrestling yes. series. I'm not sure which one's going to come out tomorrow, but one of those will come out tomorrow. And uh, check my website for dates. I'll be at, I, I think, like UC Beast like, and uh, you know Comedy Cellar. I'm doing like some New York stuff. This week, uh, so I think I'm doing ASCAT too. So uh, check check that out on my website, dancehtermain.net. Awesome. Uh, thanks to Dance Intermain. Thanks to <laughs> or my heel producer Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to the Ringer Podcast Network and all the good good people there. Happy birthday! Um, well, happy birthday to the valet who shares a birthday with Stephanie McMahon, apparently. Um, and with Brian Curtis's wife. This is it's all very crazy right now. A lot of birthdays on the same day. But more importantly, on the day we're recording this, happy birthday to Asuka. Um apologies as always to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. like that segue? I think it was pretty good until you asked me if you liked it.